These are the real problems with Terminator Salvation. As I have mentioned before, I had stated that I'm going to be covering a range of issues on this podcast. Some of them include deaths that we've already discussed before, and some of them are somewhat minimal, but still lasted in the pantheons of pop culture. This happens to be one of those episodes. This is one of the most infamous actor outbursts in the history of cinema. History may be a bit of exaggeration, but it's definitely up there. I will be discussing the Christian Bale rant on the set of Terminator Salvation. But before that, as I do my research for these movies, there tends to be a lot more problems that have taken place aside from the main one that everybody's talked about for the last 10 years. Actually, more than 10 years. This was in 2009. Before that, I also would like to give out a disclaimer that I will be playing that audio rant in full. It is pretty profane, so if you don't like profanity, I will be making a note that this will be an explicit episode, and it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. It, it's saltier than the Dead Sea. I mean, it's it's quite a rant, so I will be giving a forewarning before I play that, and I will be including it in the notes that this is definitely going to acquire that also explicit rating for the episode. But before that, let's talk about Terminator Salvation real quick. Terminator Salvation is the fourth film in the franchise, it's the second one without James Cameron, and it is the first one without Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there was a lot going on in this movie. For starters, it was directed by Mick G. Now Mick G is a guy that was producing teen shows like The O.C., and then he got his break into making movies as a director when he directed the Charlie's Angels films, Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Now those were the beloved Charlie's Angels movies with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Those movies got a certain stigma about them for being over the top, the stories were bad, the acting was ridiculous, but the movies were both box office hits, so you couldn't really say anything about the success of those films. McChee wanted to step away from that type of filmmaking. He wanted to be taken more seriously as a director, so he went on to direct this movie called We Are Marshall with Matthew McConaughey. This movie wasn't that great. It definitely doesn't fit anywhere on the pantheon of football films, but he was still trying to find his niche as a filmmaker. I think changing his name from McGee to perhaps his real name probably would have been a good start to be taken seriously, but that's neither here nor there. He gets the opportunity to direct Terminator Salvation. Now, this is kind of a feat because, like I said, this is the first one without Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they were trying to tell a new story with this film. And it's set in the future where John Connor is now an adult and he's leading the resistance against the Terminators, which was a big storyline plot that you saw in the original films, but you never really got to see on screen, but in a couple of snippets here and there. So he wanted to really tell that story. So that's where they take it from there. The production is underway, so they are trying to cast. Well, they look at Christian Bale. He really wants Christian Bale. Obviously, a lot of people did. He's coming off of The Dark Knight. So, I mean, he's working on one of the biggest hits of all time. So getting Christian Bale would have been a pretty good feather in his cap. He approaches him, and after four attempts, they work out a deal for him to come in. So Christian Bale is signed on to play Marcus Wright which is a character that ends up being a Terminator. But after reading the script, the completed script, he didn't like being Marcus Wright. He thought, well, I want to be John Connor. I think that character would be better off. And 
McGee already with the first issue that they've had together tells him John Connor is only in the movie for about five to ten minutes. So he somehow worked his way to make Christian Bale happy by extending that part and really expanding it out into this new movie. Christian Bale decided to be John Connor. Well, that left open Marcus Wright. McGee didn't know who to cast at the last minute. Well, he has been in contact with James Cameron because he wanted to have some continuity with this history of the characters. So James Cameron said, well, I'm actually working with Sam Worthington on Avatar. And if you want to use him, he can step away because all of his shots are completed. That's exactly how Sam Worthington got to become Marcus Wright in The Terminator. Production is underway. Everything is going okay. Standard production stuff. The movie did balloon up to $200 million, making it the highest budgeted Terminator movie in the franchise. One of the first issues that took place was Helena Bonham Carter. She plays a doctor and engineer that would inevitably become a Terminator herself. And she had a huge role in this movie. She was going to be one of the villains. One of the big twists were going to be surrounding her character. So she was pretty integral into the plot of this movie. Well, what had happened for her is that four members of her family died in a car crash in the UK while she was filming this movie. So, of course, she immediately left the film production and had only filmed, I would say, about 20% of her role. And she just couldn't return. Like, I mean, something like that, so devastating. It's, it's hard to just say, okay, well, I'm going to lose four members of your family and just go right back into work. So they pretty much ruled her out of the production of the movie and had to rewrite the script yet again because her character wouldn't be able to continue on with the film. Which is why you see at the end of the movie her character come back as a digital composite and that was the only way that they could really wedge her back into the film. Her plot, like I said, was very integral to the story so she had to reveal this huge twist and that was really the only way that they could get it done because she was just not emotionally capable to come back. The next thing that happened was that Stan Winston one of the all-time great FX and visual effects creators, died. He didn't die on the set or anything while he was working, but he did pass away during the production of this movie. And they were still using a lot of his practical effects to create some of the Terminators because, I mean, he is the originator of the Terminator, so they really wanted him back on board to create some new ones for this movie. Well, he had passed away while they were filming the movie, and he couldn't continue on. But luckily, the Stan Winston shop was able to persevere and work throughout the rest of the film in honor of him, which is why the movie is actually in honor and dedicated to Stan Winston. Another thing that delayed the performance of Sam Worthington is that he actually tore his intercostal muscle. The intercostal muscles are muscles that are present within the rib cage. He had been banged around, beaten up. He decided to do some of his own stunts. I guess he was still inspired by his performance as Jake Sully in Avatar. And I guess he felt like he could still do it, which inevitably led to him tearing his intercostal muscle. He was able to come back after a couple of days, though. It wasn't too bad. They patched him up and he was ready to go. Now the moment that you have been waiting for. Before I play the audio, I'm going to give a bit of a backstory of what happened. Cinematographer Shane Holbert was adjusting one of the lights and he was in the sightline of Christian Bale while giving a very heavy and dramatic performance. Apparently this had happened three times while filming on the set. And something else that they don't tell you is the fact that they had already been shooting for about 18 hours. I mean, this was a long shoot. They had long days, long nights. The cast and crew were frantic. Not that it means that you should be yelling or anything at anybody. But emotions were very high at this point, and things were starting to go over budget. They were running late on their shoot times, so there's just been a lot of technical factors going into this. Cinematographer Shane Hurlbert was adjusting that light, and once Christian Bale saw it, after working on the set, he just absolutely loses it. 
and then proceeds to go on a tirade for over three minutes. So before I play this clip, I wanted to let you in on some vernacular here. There's a couple of words that he's using, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands who it is that he's referring to. So whenever he is saying G, he is obviously talking about the director, Mick G. And I mean, as goofy as that is to (laughs) to refer to him as G, but yes, G is Mick G. Whenever he's yelling the name Bruce, this is the associate producer of the film. And finally, Shane is the cinematographer, Shane Hilbert, who, as I said, is getting the full brunt of this verbal abuse. And this is your last warning. So if you're not a fan of profanity, especially the F-bomb, I highly recommend you fast forward about three minutes and 15 seconds, possibly more, because he goes on for quite a while. Here is the infamous Christian Bale rant. Kick your fucking ass! I want you off the fucking set, you prick! No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No. No. Don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da-da-da-da like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. McGee, you got fucking something to say to this prick? I didn't see it happen. Well, somebody should be fucking watching and keeping an eye on him. Fair enough. This is the second time that he doesn't give a fuck about what is going on in front of the camera. All right? right? I'm trying to fucking do a scene here and I'm going, why the fuck is Shane walking in there? What is he doing there? Do you understand my mind is not in the scene if you're doing that? Stay off the fucking set, man. For fuck's sake. Right, let's go again. Let's not take a fucking minute. Let's go again! And let's not have you fucking walking in! Can I have Tom put this on, please? Hey, Tom Wardrobe, please. Can I have Tom Wardrobe? You're unbelievable, man. You're unfucking believable. Number of times you're strolling and fucking around in the background. I've never had a DP behave like this. Ah, you don't fucking understand what it's like working with actors. That's what that is. That's what that is, man. I'm telling you. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. You wouldn't have done that otherwise. No, what it is is looking at the light and making sure that I want to fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? I'm going to go. Do you want me to go fucking trash your lights? Do you want me to fucking trash them? Then why are you trashing my scene? You are trashing my scene. You do it one more fucking time, and I ain't walking on this set if you're still hired. I'm fucking serious. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But I don't fucking cut it when you're bullshitting and fucking around like this on set. Yeah, you might get it. He doesn't fucking get it. You might. He does not get it. Good adjustments, okay? For real. Honestly, I get it. 
No, I don't need any fucking walking. He needs to stop walking. I ain't the one walking. Let's get Tom and put this back on. Let's go again. Seriously, man, you and me, we're fucking done professionally. Fucking ass. That was quite the tirade. So I'm really curious to know what everybody thinks. So whenever I post this on my Instagram and everything, please comment and let me know what you thought of this rant. Because a couple of things that you could take away from this is like, yes, the heightened production shoots are really driving everybody out of their minds. But the one thing that I could actually give to Shane Hurlbert was the fact that if you listen to his voice, he does not seem scared or intimidated by Christian Bale from a physical standpoint. So, I, you know, and I've heard some stories about Christian Bale. You know, he grew up in England. There's a funny clip. There's actually a funny clip about Tom Hardy who is asked about this situation. He says, man, I wouldn't want to mess with Christian. But the funny thing is, is that Shane Hurlbert does not seem intimidated by him at all, which is why he keeps repeating he keeps almost like he's trying to get the last line. And you know how you get into an argument with somebody and they're trying to get the last word or the last line in on the argument? It only makes you mad even more so. You're like, shut up. Just stop talking. I want to be the last one. You stop talking. So it's just kind of funny. It's almost as if he's goading him or antagonizing Bale a little bit because instead of just letting him scream at him, I mean, he's doing it peacefully, calmly, yes, but it's still in a sense that he's not trying to let him get the best of him. And I just think that that's kind of funny. Even after all that, they continued production, and it shouldn't surprise anybody that Christian Bale and Shane Hurlbert have ever worked together on another production. That is pretty much how they left their professional working career together. Now for the post-production of this movie, Terminator Salvation was not a bomb, but it just did not do anything critically or commercially. The fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in the movie really hurt the franchise because that's the one thing that studios don't seem to understand is that they may have a particular IP that's really popular and they think that that would be enough to continue on. Forgetting the fact that it may be a certain character or a certain actor that made the franchise so important, having a movie without Arnold Schwarzenegger just doesn't make much sense. As a matter of fact, they added one last scene in this movie where they had bodybuilder Ronald Kickinger as a stand-in for Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie because they had the same build, but what they did was they superimposed a CGI recreation of Arnold Schwarzenegger's face over his because they felt like they really needed that. They needed Arnold's presence in this somehow, and it came off a little bit goofy, but that was in 2009, and they really haven't mastered that superimposed CGI look yet. And as for Christian Bale, obviously his career didn't take a hit, but what was interesting is that around this time period in 2009, you were just getting the advent of social media, people were obtaining audio, and they were able to upload audio to YouTube or Facebook. And this was new terrain for a lot of these Hollywood stars because it set a certain precedent about how you should act on the set, especially if you're a huge Hollywood star. People were never really able to obtain such things, so it actually helped in terms of actors being more cordial and more working and friendly to cast and crew. So I think that was one thing that actually helped, helps them behave a little bit better. Now, I wanted to conclude this episode by playing this audio interview that cast members Christian Bale, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Worthington, Common, and Moon Bloodgood all did for the Associated Press in regards to the leaking of this tape. And before you listen to it, I just wanted to say that it seems like Warner Brothers was really pushing them to 
make apologies for Bale and this and that because they do not want anything bad or any kind of negative press affecting the box office numbers for this movie. But here is that audio interview with those cast members. Oh, you know what? There's really nothing I can say about that that I, that I haven't said already. And, uh, you know, I... I uh... I, I, I have never tried to make any excuses for it. It was unacceptable, and I, I take it, uh, you know, it's my fault. That's it. It's terrible for all of us that um, that tape was released because when you're working on a set, you it's a creative experience, and you need a certain amount of protection and safety because when you're filming a really intense scene, I mean, it and the weather is crazy, and you're, you haven't slept in 48 hours, I mean, like, people are raw. And um, and I think Christian dealt with it in it with such integrity. As a person, he's a consummate professional, completely dedicated to his craft. Doesn't give a about the bells and whistles of being, you know, famous and all that bulldust. And so to work with him, you know, elevates your game. Um, as a person, he's you know he's just the, the the supreme professional. That's what it is. You know, he comes in, does his job, goes home to his kids, and the proof's in the pudding. Look at his career. What what happened with that with the tape was just expression of a human being that may went through expressed themselves and is being misinterpreted so misunderstood i was really it really broke my heart to see what was happening because he was nothing but courteous i think he has a lot of um he's he's got a lot of integrity and he was very polite to me and funny and just kind so when i saw that happen it just broke my i just it really affected me and i thought so misunderstood and uh and i think it happens when you become a big celebrity I'm not buying a word of it. But it happened, and it's done. Thank you for listening to the Real Problems podcast. Now, if I forgot something that was important to this movie set, or if you would like to share some kind of tidbit with me, by all means, email me at realproblemspodcast at gmail.com. Now, remember, this is R-E-E-L problems. Please follow the show on the socials that we have set up for it. We have Instagram and we have TikTok now. So we're doing a lot of cross collaboration between social media pages. Again, that's R-E-E-L underscore problems underscore podcast. And if you're interested in this show, please do take a chance to listen to my other podcast, the Screen Addicts podcast, which is streaming on all available platforms. It's just me and my buddy TV Vegas talking about movies, TVs, pop culture. Thank you again for listening to the show. I am Cinema Steven. And that's a wrap.